This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from visitithaca.com. Hey, this is Luke, host of Bushwick Podcast here on Heritage Radio Network. Before joining HRN, I was a fan. For the past 10 years, HRN has been sharing the most original and innovative stories on food and culture from around the globe. While the staff and hosts make it look easy, it's hard work, especially with limited resources. As an independent, member-supported nonprofit, we rely on listeners like you to help us share the very best. Personally, I'm honored to be a part of Heritage Radio Network, and I invite you to join us in our mission to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Help us start HRN's second decade stronger than ever by becoming a member today at heritageradionetwork.org donate. You can even show your love for Bushwick Podcast by selecting our show from the designation drop-down menu when you sign up. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening to HRN. I'm Luke Griffin, and you're listening to Bushwick Podcast, local stories like you've never heard before. Each week, we take you behind the scenes of the artists, activists, and entrepreneurs whose journeys collide in Bushwick, a special Brooklyn neighborhood that's changing faster by the day. Earlier this month, Bushwick hosted one of the neighborhood's largest annual events, a day-long celebration of street art, food, and music called the Bushwick Block Party. Of the thousands of visitors that attended this year, most were there to simply enjoy the sights, bites, and sounds. But some were there to send a message. The objective is to educate those who are around here, those who have come to consume, uh, you know, the art that is around here in Bushwick, uh, those who often don't even think about the families who live here, the countless families who were displaced from here, the people who I grew up with, you know. There's just a lot of pretty colors everywhere and for them and, and you know, and this is a way to really kind of help us build consciousness at this because this is performance art, what we're doing today. This week, we hit the streets to take you inside a guerrilla art group as they turned the Bushwick Block Party into the stage for one of their biggest protests yet. It's Thursday, June 27th, and this episode is called An Action at the Bushwick Block Party. And as a heads up before this week's episode, it does include a bit of strong language. Nutcrackers, ice cold water, nutcrackers. The Bushwick Block Party can be a bit overwhelming. The organization behind the event, a nonprofit called the Bushwick Collective, describes it as, quote, combining graffiti, street art, music, food trucks, and local vendors, the collective brings together the best of the community, end quote. What that translates to is a dynamic street festival where local restaurants overflow with people, food trucks serve snacks from alleyways, sidewalks struggle to fit the traffic of eclectic performers and odd spectators, and pop-up stalls sell everything from baseball caps with 3D dioramas on them, to handmade jewelry, to rare art prints. This year, there was at least one confirmed dog riding a skateboard. 
For all the commotion, the ostensible focus of the Bushwick Block Party is on street art. At this month's event, there were body painters, muralists, and of course, graffiti artists. Over the last few years, the Bushwick Collective has been one of the major players in organizing and professionalizing the commercial street art scene here in Bushwick. They've made their name on bringing street artists from around the world to the community to create new works of art. And all around the neighborhood, you'll find buildings covered in giant, impressive murals tagged with the social media handle, at Bushwick Collective. You'll also find signs of the thriving cottage industry that's developed around this new commercial street art, like the controversial tours that lead visitors throughout the neighborhood to admire the art and snap selfies. Just a few decades ago, murals and graffiti like this might have sent artists to jail, but today, they only seem to be growing bigger, more popular, and more mainstream. The Bushwick Block Party in 2015 is estimated to have had around 4,000 attendees. Last year's event, by comparison, is estimated to have pulled in around 20,000. This year's seemed like it could have been the biggest yet. But as the huge crowds of attendees gathered around the various artists and the music main stage, a much smaller, much different group was gathering on the edge of the commotion. Uh, I was just, learn about the community I was trying you're to... in. Learn about the community you're in. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about this community. That's what I was saying, right? <laughs> it's like, learn about the community that you're in right now. About the community that you're in? No, just here to consume. Just here to consume. <laughs> this is the zoo, right? This is the zoo, right? Unlike the thousands of visitors who'd gathered to see the art and watch the headlining performance from Rick Ross later that day, this group wasn't a bunch of spectators, and they didn't come to enjoy the party. They were activists, and they came to work. What are you out here doing today? Um, we're having an action, a multi-layered action, and it's uh, here in Bushwick. The activists were part of an organization called Mikasa Noesukasa. Mikasa Noesukasa is a collective by New Yorkers, for New Yorkers. We're, native, we're all native New Yorkers who grew up in New York. Um, and the art that we do is public art to uh, raise uh, public awareness and consciousness over uh, issues of gentrification, displacement, uh, colonization. Mikasa Noa Sukasa describes itself as, quote, a guerrilla art project that uses art and direct action to build a visible resistance to gentrification and displacement in NYC and beyond, end quote. It's possible that you're already familiar with some of their work. In one of their largest projects to date, they collaborated with local businesses around the city to produce and display illuminated storefront signs with messages like decolonize the hood, gentrification is the new colonialism, and resisting displacement since 1492. Their plan for the Bushwick Block Party was much more direct. They started the day by hanging a large banner just outside the Jefferson subway exit that read, Bushwick Collective, and the collective is in ironic quotation marks, exploits artists plus community. And having declared themselves, they stood underneath the banner, attempting to hand out informational flyers to passers-by. Learn about this community. The flyers read something like a progressive 101 course on the relationship between gentrification and the kind of commercial street art being celebrated at the block party. With sections like, how does gentrification work? Who in Bushwick was slash is displaced by gentrification? And is art to blame for gentrification? They were intended to redirect the attendees' attention from the art and toward the gentrifying conditions in the community that supported it. We're human beings. Every community deserves, you know, 
proper infrastructure and and you know benefits that now we are enjoying because there are people of a higher income here or we're not enjoying them because it's not all of us because all of most of those who have been here have are have been displaced already you know but you know but Bushwick is still major you know largely Latino and black you know afro-indigenous descent people and um, and I and you know we we need to fight for our homes and fight for those families to stay as you can imagine against the backdrop of one of the summer's biggest and loudest free parties Getting people to pay attention was a challenge. Most of the passersby ignored the flyers and the activists and beelined for any one of the festival's exciting attractions. This, however, only seemed to empower the activists, for it was just this dissonance that drew them to plan an action specifically at the Bushwick Block Party in the first place. Mikasa Noasukasa believes that street art has been weaponized as a tool to accelerate gentrification in places like Bushwick, and that by focusing on the art itself, People fail to notice the interests and the companies behind it, like real estate developers who subsidize the production of street art to attract wealthier residents. Yeah, we lost a lot of a lot of the community already through, because of this like super fast um, process of gentrification in Bushwick via the via the arts, right? That was used by real estate developers because artists are being used as tools for for displacement. You know, artists. I, I doubt an artist comes in and is like, oh, I'm going to displace people right now. They, they want to get paid, so they're going to go with these, you know, these businesses, these real estate developers, these real estate agencies. The activist goal at the block party was to change that narrative and get people to think about the human costs tied to the rise of Bushwick street art scene and events like the block party. So you've put up a, a banner and you're handing out some flyers to people. What are your objectives today? Uh... The objective is to educate those who are around here, those who have come to consume, uh, you know, the art that is around here in Bushwick, uh, those who often don't even think about the families who live here, the countless families who were displaced from here, the people who I grew up with, you know. There's just a lot of pretty colors everywhere and for them and, and you know, and this is a way to really kind of help us build consciousness at this because this is performance art what we're doing today. Mikasa Noah Sukasa was joined at the block party by volunteers from a who's who of Bushwick's progressive organizations. Mikasa Noah Sukasa made a space. Um, there are volunteers from Ridgewood Tenants Union and there's um, volunteers here from, uh, and with the support also of decolonize this place. And for those volunteers, as high-minded as the protests may have been, doing things like passing out flyers and hanging banners was also part of something deeply personal an attempt to get people to listen. We might want to wait until the shuttle passes. Most of the people participating in the protest were ordinary Bushwick residents looking to make their voices heard. Okay, so we're out here informing people what's going on in Bushwick about people being displayed, mostly minorities like Hispanics or black people. We chatted with one of them as they attempted to pass out flyers on the sidewalk. And what brought you out? Well, I see mostly, like, I know family members and a couple of friends are being, they're telling them to get, to, like, move, they're moving out, basically, because they're not able to afford rent, and it's going up too high, which they have to, like, leave Bushwick, when majority of the families I know, are like, friends, 
they came from like years ago and to be told to like leave you were not able to afford rent is just like really uh, it's horrible because you were born here you're being raised like basically it's people's childhood and it's like where are you where else are you gonna go like, what do you hope to accomplish today well to like have people like more aware of what's going on not just like this particular area I don't know if you ever noticed, but like this area right now is just so a certain street is like all the artwork, and then further down, like they don't get involved. So it's like this particular area is just being spotted, and it brings up more attraction to them. And I don't know if you noticed, just recently the guy that passed by, he's a local artist, and he actually told us like he tried to like ask um, Busher Collective if he could get like involved. And so this day he said he haven't heard nothing from them, so he was like, oh, it's mostly um. They don't get involved with local people, so he's like, I don't see none of his murals down there, mm. like nothing from them. Um, yeah, he goes out. The guy, he goes out. He gives them. He paints his murals. He has like three around here. So like for him to not be welcome, like to try to like show his artwork, it's just like, why can't he get involved as well? Each of the activists had their own reasons for coming, but at the heart of the protest was something simple: a request that the attendees take their attention away from the festivities to consider that behind the block party was something much more complicated that demanded attention of its own. How is this affecting majority of minorities? Not just rent, but like anything like um, when it comes to like food, everything is all, basically the whole price they're raising up because of this as well. The Mikasa no Esukasa volunteers weren't alone. A stage as big as the block party attracts all kinds of people looking to capitalize on the moment. And as the Mikasa no Esukasa group handed out their flyers, they'd occasionally get pulled into asides by other activists looking to make their own statement. Uh, thank you. <laughs> this right? is amazing. Starts with the Brooklyn uh -huh. water, the Williamsburg waterfront, uh -huh. right? That all changed oh, the zoning wow. up. Oh, yeah. And then uh -huh. it went to Barclays. Yeah. Right? Yes, so those true. are two it's major right areas of, of change, zoning change and domain. By the mid-afternoon, as the focus shifted from the streets to the stage where the headliner, Rick Ross, was soon to perform, the Mikasa Noah Sukasa activists began to transition. They packed up their flyers and gathered for the real reason they'd come to the block party the action, a kind of grand finale that would be much harder to ignore. After the break, we find out what happened and what comes next. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast. Come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. Ithaca is home to Ivy Lee Cornell University, and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. As the activists ducked away from the bustle of the festival to put their action into motion,
the block party raged on. Cops watched nude street performers in disbelief. People snapped photos of artists as they quickly whipped up new murals and pieces, and the crowd began to coalesce around the main stage. When Rick Ross arrived, they responded eagerly. From the audience, there was no sign of the Mikasa no Asukasa volunteer. But just as Rick Ross was preparing to close out his set, something happened. On a building behind the stage, in clear view of the crowd, three banners unfolded from the roof. One read, artists, resist becoming weapons of mass displacement. Another read, they want the art, but not the people. The third repeated that message, this time in Spanish. Quieren el arte, pero no a la gente. The action had been taken. Yet, the music kept playing, the crowd kept cheering, and the party continued on until Rick Ross completed his set a short while later. For the activists, it was a strange juxtaposition, both the successful culmination of a long day of hard work and a symbol of the at times quixotic fight against gentrification. They'd indeed pulled it off. They passed out their flyers, they hung their banners, and they shouted their truth to a crowd of thousands. But it was unclear just how many people may have heard it. This, of course, exemplifies the challenge inherent to any protest, particularly one so grassroots as this. You can speak your truth, but you can't make people listen. But to call the action at the Bushwick Block Party anything less than a success would be to miss the point. As Mikasa Noasukasa notes on their Facebook page, quote, Anti-gentrification work is undoubtedly only part of a much larger and ongoing process of decolonization, affirmation and realizing of indigenous sovereignty and agency, and continual unlearning and accountability on the part of settler allies, end quote. Whether by handing out flyers to individuals or hanging banners for crowds to see, the real work of the action lies in activating new people in this process. Mikasa Noasukasa hopes that people are encouraged to explore any of the many ways they might become involved in the fight for a stronger community. There's lots of ways, but like people, uh, you know, they have the resources to support these kinds of, uh, this kind of re- um, resistance in within these different organizations, like the Made Space or like you know, Mikasa no Sukasa, who are, which is a, just we're just a political art project, basically Mikasa no Sukasa. But um, but yeah, but like people can join us too and like learn about these things and do art about it because we're trying to you know be. You know, we're just trying to, like, raise the consciousness of folks so that they know where they are and, like, they know what the impact is, you know, um, the consequences of them not thinking about certain things, you know, of not thinking about the politics behind uh, their own actions. Um, So, yeah, I mean, people just need to, like, really, you, you need to show solidarity with your neighbors, with the community that was already here, that's here. And with those who are who are coming, like immigrant communities, like with marginalized communities, they need to be able to support folks who need that, those kind of resources that they have, you know, um, in different ways, be it time, you know, or, or, you know, because people can go and volunteer for different things. They can go. There's a lot of things happening. There are people who do soup kitchens down. I mean, in Myrtle and White and Myrtle and Broadway, there's like, you know, a club A that's doing these. Um, uh, what do you call it? They, they food serves for people, you know. So it's like there are ways to, there are different places to volunteer and put your time towards like bettering the community, you know. So, like, if you're coming here, you need to be respectful about the land where you're going and the people that are already there, you know. You know, you, you can't continue 
the same, you know, violent cycle that started from colonization to redlining to like it, which was all by design by people who didn't give a fuck about where they were coming to and wanted to just take it and over, you know, conquer it and just exploit it. That, that, needs, that vicious cycle needs to stop. How people might work to stop that vicious cycle could take a lot of different forms, but Mikasa no Asukasa asked that any settler allies be thoughtful about what it means to be constructive participants. People need to, you know, seek out how to really uh, come through because artists, you know, you they do have a privilege here, right? And they are making a higher income. That's why, like, rent went up, right? Because they could pay that rent. So artists need to understand that they need to be able to integrate to the community in a way where you you have to look out for your own neighbor and your own building, you know, uh, the, the one that was there before you who can't pay what you're paying now, you know, refuse to pay what you what you're paying, you know, like help organize, you know, your ten, the tenants union, you know, you know, but don't lead it, you know, make the make you know those most marginalized, most impacted by displacement lead it because they know from experience what the community needs. It's tough to say how much of an impact the group's action may have had at the block party. But nevertheless, there's more work to be done and more conversations to spark. You know, if you're here, I know you guys want to be in New York. And I know that, you know, it's cool that you're here now and that, like, Bushwick is here. But understand that, like, it had a big human cost to make it this trendy all of a sudden. And, you know, we, we deserve this kind of ambiance to begin with like we should have been able to have the services that now Bushwick uh, can facilitate because there's higher incomes here you know we should you know that's something that should have been demanded for I mean it probably it was demanded but like we weren't given by you know our local governments in that time when there were more black and brown people around with poorer incomes right only so I I think people need to really show solidarity with their neighbors they need to look to home and the, and they also need to go back to like there's wherever they are from and educate those people before they come to New York you know because like people be saying yeah I love New York but you don't love New Yorkers you displacing us if you're interested in learning more about the activist approach to the complicated dynamics around art development and gentrification there are plenty of ways to get involved on your own or with Mikasa Noa Sukasa I mean, look us up. We're Mikasa Resiste, at Mikasa Resiste. If you want to know more about Mikasa no Sukasa and the fight that we're doing, rezoning right now is the fight. Uh, come to the community board meetings. We need more people to support at the community board meetings at the CB4. You know, um, those happen every uh, third week of the month, every third Wednesday of the month. So go, because right now the Department of City Planning wants to rezone Bushwick. And you know why? Because, because Reynoso and the community board called them in. They weren't even on the list to be, like, we weren't on the list to be rezoned. So we need to go and fight this, you know. It's like, and DCP is now here, and I'm sure, like, the community board and everyone wanted to, you know. Like I said, people have good intentions. No one goes in trying to be... You know, trying to be an asshole, right, and to displace people. Um, they try. They they were trying to save Bushwick because of what was happening. But um, even listen, that the Department of City Planning is going to do what it wants when you call them in. They're not going to listen to you, and you have no veto vote. So we're kind of fucked. So we need people there. We need people to come to the community board meetings. Let's go. 
that's that's your duty right now. Come through. <laughs> Voice your opinions and tell them, yo, we can't have these luxury buildings coming up. We got luxury buildings here already and they're empty. Yeah, so come through. We've got Mikasa Noah Sukasa's info and more in the show notes for this week's episode. We'd like to extend our thanks to the activists who requested anonymity for opening a window into their work. And of course, we'd also like to thank you for tuning in this week. If you enjoy Bushwick Podcast, you can do us a huge favor by telling a friend or by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform, which helps us reach even more new listeners with stories like these. We'll be back next week with another story you won't want to miss. But in the meantime, did you know that Bushwick Podcast is made by people just like you? If you have questions, comments, or want to get involved, send us an email to hello at hearbushwick.com. That's H-E-A-R bushwick.com. Or you can always DM us on our Instagram page at Bushwick Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you soon, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.